wanted to ask you about, I thought it was a very key play last night. Um, you guys were very good in um, third down defense, obviously. Eric Rose tackle. You guys had just taken the lead 14-7, and he tackles uh, Taylor in space to force a fourth and two, and they punted the ball. I wanted to get your impressions, first of all, on, on how significant you thought that play was at that point of the game, stopping them at midfield, and how good your tackling was after watching on film uh, this morning. Yeah, that was that was a big tackle. He had, he had a couple of them, that one on the under route, the one out in the flat. Um, I thought overall our tackling was uh, decent. The, those guys, are they're hard to tackle. Um, we had a little trouble getting um, Walker on the ground on that seam pass, but Mariota's tough to tackle. He got outside on a run and got away from us on a scramble. Um, and we know Henry's hard to tackle. And so they have some um, they have some, some difficult guys to get on the ground there. But I thought um, we tackled fairly well and we pursued well, so there wasn't a lot of space sometimes for those guys to work in, that even if we missed them, we had another guy right there. Uh, to make the play. Same thing with uh, Jackson on the kickoff and uh, punt returns. We didn't give up any punt return yardage, and that was a uh, real credit to uh, Ryan and, and the coverage units. Um, so we got good good punts and, and good coverage. He had to fair catch a couple of them, and um, Ryan kept the ball away from him. Uh, I think it was one or two other times. So, But kickoffs, uh, he ran those back, and I thought we did a good job of covering the the kickoffs uh, again against the good guys had some big plays this year. So, yeah, overall I thought that it was um, a decent effort. There's always room for improvement, but a pretty decent effort. But the key to it is not not giving up a lot of space. Um, there there are going to be some missed tackles against all those guys I just mentioned, but there's another player or two right there, and the, the damage doesn't. Um, doesn't really amount to as much. Uh, next question, Mike Giardi, followed by Jim Wright. Morning, Bill. Uh, you guys appeared to, to use a spy quite a bit on third downs and, and had a, a good amount of success. Um, I'm curious, what sort of what sort of player and, and discipline is required to do that role and does he work almost as if he's his own entity, or is he still part of sort of that defensive plan on that play? Uh, well, if you, I think if you're going to put a player on uh, the quarterback, let's say, you you have to pick out a player that can match match that player. So. Um, Tackling a guy like, let's say, Tebow is a lot different than tackling a guy like Michael Vick. They're both hard, but they're they're just different. So the players that you, if you have a matchup like that where you wanna where you wanna watch a guy, I think you just got to make sure that you can get them. That the guy who's responsible for him can get him is has a skill set that matches up with the player that you're trying to put him on. So, uh, who is it? And so, well, it depends on who it is you're trying to trying to get. Um, uh, I wouldn't say that that person's a separate entity. Um, hopefully, you have some kind of coordination 
between uh, the person that's looking for the quarterback and the people who are not looking for the quarterback who are kind of trying to penetrate and get to the quarterback and, and rush him so that you don't create a lot of space and two-way goes. If the quarterback pulls the ball down, you want to try to put him in a certain push him in a certain direction, and then that creates leverage for the player who's got him. So, yeah, I think there's definitely an element of coordination. Again, some of those plays are not exactly the way you draw them up. They, they're loose plays. They extend, and it's a little bit of a scramble. Um, on Well, it is a scramble, but it's it's an improvised play on both sides of the ball, not just on what you're trying to do, but they're improvising as well with the receivers, their route adjustments, and uh, the quarterback trying to extend the play, um, but hopefully not be able to pull the ball down and run it. We try to take, if we're trying to take that option away, then hopefully we can do that, and then it comes down to how quickly you can get to the quarterback and how good your coverage is. If I could do one more follow-up there, just the job that Kyle did in that role uh, last night, um, it seems like there were a couple times where even if he wasn't making the play that Mariota appeared to see him and decide, yeah, I can't tuck it and run. And then the next thing you know, he's on his ass because one of the other defensive linemen has cleaned up the play. Right. Well, I would, again, I would just say that's kind of a good group effort by the entire um, rushing and, pass rushing unit um, it wasn't always one guy it wasn't always the same guy we had a couple different things that we were doing there and uh, hopefully they that caused some hesitation or some indecision um, and I'm not sure looking at it now it would really be clear on film as to who exactly was doing what so we'll kind of leave that answer out of the out of the response here, but just I would say suffice it to say that there was more than more than one player involved in that. But again, it is a coordinated effort. So even if you have one guy doing it, if he gets put in a bad position where it just makes it too hard, then you lose the effectiveness of of tracking the quarterback with a particular player. So it, it, there needs, in my opinion, there needs to be some kind of coordination uh, so that you can maximize the production of the guy who's got them. Thanks, Bill. Next Welcome. Next question, Jim McBride, followed by Rich Garvin. Uh, good morning, Coach. Um, I know it's only been uh, less than a month, but I'm wondering what you've, uh, what's been like to work with James Harris and what you've seen from him, and uh, maybe is there any surprises that he's, that he's brought to the table since you've acquired him? He's been good to work with. Um, he's a very, as we know, a very experienced player. Um, and even though some of our <clears throat> terminology is different, he, he understands basic football concepts very well and what his responsibility is and how to play that responsibility. So he's been good. He's been very dependable. Um, things he's been asked to do, he's, He's done. You can count on him, uh, and 
and that's a good thing. Um, allows everybody to play aggressively, and and he's an aggressive player. He's been productive. Um, he had several good plays against the run last night and caused a penalty, and that was part of popping a drive uh, with his good play out there on the on the perimeter. He's given us some plays in pass rush, and he's got good awareness in pass coverage. Um, he's dropped into coverage and done a good job on that. Uh, in a couple couple of examples of that in the last two games, so he's been good to work with. He's very professional, uh, wants to do well, studies, asks questions. Um, you know, I've enjoyed working with him. Thank you. Sure. Next question, Rich Perrin, followed by Phil Perry. Phil, I have a kind of two-part connected question here. Um, first, I'm wondering if you were surprised uh, when the neutral zone infraction was called on the uh, fourth down play. And then um, I was wondering also. No, I wasn't. Because uh, I thought that uh, Treywick entered the neutral zone and uh, Gino reacted to him. And we've. We practice that play every week, and if they, if it's, if it's that kind of a situation, fourth and less than five, and the player enters the neutral zone, then we want to react to it and force the penalty, and not allow him to get back and reset, and um, and not have the opportunity for it. So I, th- I thought it was a heads-up play, um, and you know, by by uh, Gino to react to that. Uh, that's what he's supposed to do, and that's what he did. No, I thought it was. I, I thought we did the right thing. He definitely entered the neutral zone. I mean, at least what I saw. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was the neutral zone. So, um, assuming that we agree on that, if he did that, then the player on the offensive side of the ball, if he reacts to that, the penalty's on the defense. So. It leads to my second question. Um, I was under the impression that the player, when they enter the neutral zone, if they don't make contact, there's a chance to pull back out. Nope. Well, he can pull back out, but if the offense reacts to the the defensive player in the neutral zone, then the penalty's on the defense. Now, otherwise, you're going to have the whole defense flinching, and you know the whole, you know what we went through a decade ago with everybody on the defensive side of the ball flinching. Um, you know, with the silent count and crowd noise and all that on the road, you got all the defensive players uh, flinching but not entering the neutral zone uh, to get the offense to a false start. And the league took that, they, they changed the rules so that, um, A, it's illegal to flinch, and B, if you, uh, not flinch, but if you try to time up a blitz or if you try to, try to beat the count and you get into the neutral zone, uh, that no, you don't get a chance to get back if the offense moves. If they don't move and you get back, then then everything resets and there's no there's no infraction. But if the offense reacts to that, then, then the penalty's on the defense. Great. And then if I could just do a quick follow, um, obviously a key play, but only because of what, what ensued after it. And I Memory serves me right. I think you guys were three for three on third down in that drive. Could you just kind of speak to seizing the opportunity that was presented to you? Well, that's what football is. Football's about 
taking advantage of, it's about making plays and taking advantage of opportunities that are there and um, so yeah offensively our um, as you said it wasn't one play we had still had whatever it was 80 yards to go or whatever it was a long way to go um, so there are a lot of plays that had to had to follow that but it gave us an opportunity to possess the ball and and I think it was a 15-play drive or 16-play drive, whatever it was. So uh, that's string a lot of plays together, and that's hard to do against the Titans. They're a very good defensive team, well-coached, um, and they, they make it tough on you to, to score in four or five plays. They, they make you string those long drives together, and that's why they, they're such a good defensive team, is it's hard to do. Great. Thank you. Sure, you're welcome. Question to Phil Perry, followed by uh, Henry McKinnon. You're just pretty complimentary of the, the Titans defense there, and I know after the game, I think in particular, you, you pointed out their run defense. I'm wondering um, how important was it for you guys offensively to maybe get some players in space to, to maybe get away from, from that strength on the Titans' end? Uh, how much did that factor into your decision to go with some of those plays, it looked like you guys were pretty effective going um, horizontally in some different moments, or how much of it was just capitalizing on, on that being a, a strength of, of uh, some of your offensive players? Uh, right. Well, yeah, I think, Phil, it's a combination of both. Um, look, sometimes it's a lot easier to get the ball out in space and let the, let the back make some yards as opposed to having to block seven or eight guys uh, to get them into that same space. So the advantage to hand on the ball is you, you should gain some yards, whereas an incomplete pass, you know, that could be a no gain. But um, to make yards in the running game, any significant yards, um, you've got to create some space for the back, and that means, uh, in the Titans' case, blocking an extra guy in the box because they didn't play a lot of split safety coverage. Uh, so... Got to block, you know, six, seven, eight guys, depending on what personnel group you're in, in order to get get the running back into space. Where if you can do that in the passing game, um, you can make a lot of yards. Like the that screen pass that uh, we threw to Dion, it would have been hard to hand the ball off and get him into that much space. I mean, it would just you'd have to make a lot of great, not good blocks. You'd have to make a lot of great blocks uh, to to get everybody that far out of the way so the runner could could attack the field like Dion did on that play. So to answer your question, yeah, getting backs into space in the passing game or in the running game, however you do it, um, and there's different ways of doing it, but sometimes it's easier to throw them the ball into space than it is to, like I said, block seven or eight guys and try to create that same, the same situation. Bill, if I could, I just have one quick um question offensively for you guys again i know you mentioned the tempo the importance of tempo last night for you guys i'm wondering when you decide to do that does there have to be some kind of coordination between josh and you or josh and and matt um do you guys take into account the the defensive workload when you decide to to go with a hurry up um just based on if if it doesn't work out those guys may be on the bench for for not that long. 
Right. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good question. Um, certainly there's an element of game management involved uh, between the offense, the defense, and the kicking game. And I don't want to minimize that. It's It does come into play, and uh, sometimes how you play defense uh, is a factor on how you're playing offense or how you're playing in the kicking game and, and vice versa for the offense. So uh, those are uh, those those are definitely considerations. Uh, but that being said, the reason why we put the offense on the field is to move the ball and score points. So if we if we wanted to punt, then we'd send the punt team out there. We're trying to move the ball and score points, and defensively, the reason we put the defense out there is to stop the offense from moving the ball and get get the ball back for our offense. So that's really the job that those units have to do, and our offense can't play defense and our defense can't play offense. They have to go out there and do their job, and uh, the best thing for them to do is to do a good job at their job. So I don't think anybody would ever object to our offense going out and you know, scoring a 70-yard touchdown in 10 seconds and giving the ball back to the other team. That's what they're supposed to do. So that, that being said, there is an element of game management, and, and I think that comes up at times. But if you're looking at an overall percentage, it's probably maybe in the 10% range, somewhere in there. The other 90% of the time, the offense is trying to move the ball and score points, and the defense is trying to get the ball back for the offense, whether that's, you know, causing a punt or they've already got the ball in field goal range, keeping them out of the end zone, uh, or obviously turning the ball over. So those, those units have to do what their job is. They can't, they can't over, you know, play it to, to another unit. Again, unless there's some specific situational football play that's involved, which, there, you know, that could that could come into play. Again, it's you know similar maybe to offensively if you're a fast break team and there's maybe some point where you want to just slow the ball down and give everybody a chance to catch their breath and you know that that there might be a series or part of a series sometimes that you know we say well, we just we just need to get a first down here. Let's don't worry about. Tempo, or we just we need to give our defense a chance to get organized on the sideline, or you know, vice versa. Great, thank you. Sure. The last question is Henry McKenna. Thanks, Stacy. Good morning, Bill. When Henry. you are when you are facing a a vacancy at your coordinator positions. Um, what, what goes into the process of filling that vacancy? How, how do you go about that? Well, in, in any, any decision that involves personnel on the team, I always try to do what's best for the football team. So that's, that's what goes into it. And there could be a thousand things. So if you're, Signing a player, drafting a player, um, 
however you acquire a player or coach or a scout or an administrative position, then I always try to think of what's what's the best thing for the football team. And you look at what the team needs, you look at what the what that area requires or and that it might be one thing might be more important than another in that particular time or situation. Um, and based on that, then that's sometimes you have one or two players to pick from or three players to pick from or three people at some other position uh, that all kind of fit the basic requirement of what the needs of what the team and organization are and try to take the best one sometimes. You can't, maybe none of them really do it, and you, but you either go light at that position and wait till you can find a better option or you take the best option that's available. So every situation is different. All people are different. Everybody has their own personality, strengths, weaknesses, uh, and so forth. So there's no two players that are the same. There's no two people that are the same. I mean, we have identical twins on our team, and they're not the same. So it just depends on each individual situation and what the circumstances are on the team and who the people are that are available. But in the end, what I always try to do is what I think is best for the football team. Um, just a follow-up, and maybe this will help by being more specific. Maybe you'll have the same answer. But um, does familiarity, or, excuse me, just familiarity with your system um, is that a, a big factor as you as you try and pick a coordinator? It's part of the same answer I just gave. Each person has their own. Every player, every look, every person, every coach, everybody has their own individual characteristics. Call them whatever you want, strengths, weaknesses, um, areas they can improve in, areas of leadership, areas of experience, uh, so forth. Everybody's different. We're all different. So... There's no, to me, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no set model. Um, the, the only thing that's consistent for me is doing what's best for the football team. So, I mean, I know that's hard for some people to understand why I would think like that, but that's the only way I can really put it in any kind of context. Like, what what other agenda is there? Like what's What other reason would is there really for making any personnel decision? I don't know. Thank you. You're welcome.